God's promises are yes and amen. Well, I want to take a moment and welcome all of our local campuses, West Kendall, Doral, Downtown, Core Gables, Redland, and Homestead, and everyone who is watching us online. Palmetto Bay, can we give it up for them as loud as you can? Thank you for joining us today. Well, my name is Carlos, and I serve as one of the teaching pastors here at Christ Fellowship. And if you have your Bibles, you can open them up to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And we're going to begin in verse 18. If you don't have your Bibles, all the verses are going to be on the screen. Here's what the Word of God says. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen? Well, you can have a seat now. You know, I know that 2020 has been a very challenging year for every single one of us. But the fall season is always my favorite time of the year. And for my wife, Shawnee, Thanksgiving is her favorite holiday. You see, Thanksgiving is that time that friends and family, we come together and we take a moment to reflect on the things that we're thankful for. You know, I'm thankful for my wife, Shawnee. I'm thankful for our children. I'm thankful for my home. I'm thankful for my church family. I'm thankful for my friends. But this year, there is something else that I am thankful for that is different than prior years. Because I'm so thankful that finally the Miami Dolphins have a franchise quarterback. Yeah. Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. After 21 years since Dan Marino retired, it has been some 21 long, long years. You see, here's, oh yeah, oh yeah. Here's what I love about Tua. Not only is he an exceptional, talented, skillful football player on the field, but he is a phenomenal person off the field. A, a guy with great morals like integrity and faithfulness and loyalty. He's a hardworking guy. And in case you don't know this, he's actually a follower of Jesus. He is a Christian man of God. And here's what I love. In case you don't know this about football, in a game after a victory, the coach gathers his players in the locker room. And he always gives the game ball to the best player of that game. This is a way to show gratitude to that player. Because of your effort, because of your talent, you led us to a victory. But a couple games ago against the Arizona Cardinals, Tua had an amazing game. But after the game, rather than receiving the football, the game ball from his coach, he beat him to him, to hit. So he gave the game ball to his head coach, Coach Flores. In fact, with that in mind, take a look at this video clip really quick. First and tender at the 11-yard line. Play action fakes. Tua, blitz coming again. Corner of the end zone. Touchdown! Wow, what a throw. Matt Collins! How about that drive? By Tua Tunga Bailoa. Wow. Tua's got his name stamped on this one. Isn't that awesome? But don't miss the point in all this. 
Because rather than celebrating a victory, he wanted to show his gratitude to his coach. Here's why. You see, last year, November 16, 2019, Tua suffered a season-ending injury while he was playing for Alabama. Not only did it cost him his last season at Alabama, but many experts believe Tua is never going to be able to play at an optimal level where he can compete in the NFL. But Coach Flores took a chance on him. He took a risk. And now Tua wanted to exemplify his gratitude by giving his head coach, Coach Flores, the game ball. Now, let me bring all of that over to our teaching for this weekend. Because just like Tua exemplified a life of gratitude on the football field, just like that, and this is our big takeaway for this weekend. God's will for your life is to live a life filled with gratitude. God's will for your life is to live a life filled with gratitude. But I know what some of you are thinking, Pastor Carlos, it is 2020. This has been the most difficult year of my life. Perhaps you walked in today and you lost your job. Or maybe you lost someone because of COVID. And you're thinking, how am I supposed to live a life filled with gratitude? How do I do that? Well, we're going to find out today as we navigate through this passage. And so I want to encourage you to take out your Christ Fellowship apps. You, you can take some notes. And here's the first point that I want you to write down today. You see, gratitude is important to God. Gratitude is important to God. In fact, we read all throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, God speaks immensely about gratitude. And in this book of 1 Thessalonians, in case you've never read the book, I want to give us a little overview. Because the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in the city of Thessalonica. You see, this church, they're going through a lot of persecution. They're going through a difficult season. They're going through a lot of challenges. They're going through some adversity in life. And the theme of the book of 1 Thessalonians is that Jesus is coming back and he's going to restore all things. And because Jesus is going to restore all things, because of that, we can have hope in the midst of a hopeless situation. And so with that in mind, look at what the Bible says in chapter 5, verse 18. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, one of the questions that I get often asked as a pastor, 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 what is God's will for my life? Should I marry that young man? Should I marry that girl? Should I move out of Miami? What school should I go to? Well, God clearly tells us, as simplistic as it sounds, to live a life of thankfulness. In other words, whether you are single or married, whether you have children or don't have children, whatever college you go to, to live a life filled with gratitude. Now, when we read that passage, there's something that I want to point out that is so important for us to understand. Because look at what the Bible says in that passage. God writes, give thanks 
in all. Say with me, in all. Say it like you mean it, in all. Give thanks in all circumstances. Notice how it doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. Rather, God is saying give thanks in all circumstances. In other words, God is not saying for you to thank God for the cancer. God, thank you for the cancer. God, thank you for me losing my job. God, thank you for my divorce. Thank you because my home is a mess. He's not saying thank God for all things, but rather in all things. In other words, in spite of the cancer, you can thank God because he's still good. In spite of you losing your job, you can give God the thanks because he's your provider. In spite of whatever the situation is happening in your home, you can give thanks. You see, this is what separates biblical gratitude with worldly gratitude. You know, people will preach to you, psychologists and counselors and professionals and experts, they'll preach to you about how important it is to live a grateful life. Gratitude is important for our mental health and actually also for our physical health as well. But here's the big difference between worldly gratitude and biblical gratitude. See, the world says give thanks for the good things. But God says give thanks in all things. Notice the difference there? The world says give thanks only for the good things. God says give thanks in all things. Because when you only worship God for the good things, really you're worshiping your circumstance rather than God. You're worshiping the blessings of God rather than the blesser. And so God's will for your life is to live a life filled with gratitude, and here's one of the things that I want you to understand, complaining, complaining keeps us away from living a grateful life. In fact, if you're writing notes, I want you to write this down as your next point. Complaining is the antithesis to gratitude. Complaining is the antithesis to gratitude. Many of you may know the narrative found in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus. The people of God were slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. God would leave them, would take them out of slavery, and before making it into the promised land, the people of God were in the wilderness for 40 years. Now, you would think that God's people were filled with thanksgiving, gratitude. Oh, God, thank you because we are no longer slaves in Egypt. Thank you because now we have rights and freedom. But guess what happens? The people of God begin to what? They begin to what? They begin to complain. In fact, look what the Bible says in Numbers chapter 11, verse 1. And the people were filled with thankfulness? No. And the people what? Complained in hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. What were they complaining about? We remember the fish. We ate in Egypt that cost nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. Oh, pobrecito. 
case you don't know, this manna, it was this type of bread that was eaten in that, that time, in biblical times. God is feeding them bread from heaven. They're receiving celestial bread, organic pita bread. Let me make this Miami version. They're receiving the best Cuban bread ever. Vicky's Bakery from God's kitchen. Breakfast in bed. And they're complaining about cucumbers? They're complaining about leeks? What the heck is a leek? God, we had onions in Egypt. Wait a minute. You were slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. No rights, no freedom. You couldn't go to the park if you wanted to. You were under the control of Egyptian governments, of their regime. And God takes you out of that, sends 10 plagues. He parts the Red Sea. And you're complaining about leaks. Oh, my goodness. And we read that narrative and we're like, well, how can they be so ungrateful? How can they have that attitude? That's ridiculous. Can I tell you something, church family? And I say this with love. That narrative is a picture of us. That narrative is a picture of us. God has been so good to us. One day we were slaves in our sins, dead in our trespasses, alienated from the things of God. But God, rich in mercy, grace, forgiveness, deposited his compassion, love, mercy, grace to you. And rather than thanking God, we complain about the cucumbers of our life. The little things of our life. This is how it works. This is how it works. Let me give you a visual of this. This container has water in it, represents all of the blessings of God. This cup represents your life, our, our lives. God begins to pour his blessings over you. You have health. You have a good job. You have a good church family. Amen. Christ Fellowship. You have a good campus pastor. Amen. Let's give it up for all of our campus pastors. You have a great small group. Amen. Oh, but I'm still single. Everybody's getting married but me. Everybody's having children but me. Everybody's starting a family but me. And rather than enjoying the blessings of God. Mm, take it in. We focus on the things that we don't have. Oh, traffic is awful in Miami. Palmetto Expressway is highway to hell. Kendall Drive is even worse. Campbell Drive. All the drives are awful. <laughs> Rather than thanking God, God, thank you because I'm sitting on this traffic. It means that I have a job and there are thousands of people that are sitting at home trying to figure out what job to apply to, how to put together a resume. And we begin to complain the things of God that haven't given us because we're so consumed on what we don't have. You know, months ago I was at Marco Island celebrating our eighth year anniversary with my wife, Shawnee. We love to go there. It's just a time, you know, because it's so close to Miami, but you feel like you're in another world. 
And we were going to this place, and I, I was expecting to have an ocean front room that you see the entire ocean. And when I get to the room, I go and I'm excited, and I go to the balcony, and it's only a partial view. So I'm like, oh, you know, you're partial. You, you got to sit in an angle to get the whole thing. I'm like, all right, I can see the other side. So I go to the front desk. I go, man, 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 man. I thought I was getting a full front view of the ocean. And she was really nice. And so she gave us an upgrade. And so I go to the new room and I'm excited. Oh, and I go to the balcony and I start looking everywhere. Guess what happens? I go, babe, the other room was higher than this one. I feel like the other room, because it was higher, even though it was to the side, maybe it was a better view. And my wife tells me, oh, stop complaining and enjoy the moment. Oh, thank God for the wives, right? Come on, let's give it up for them. We're thankful for them. Oftentimes, we're not enjoying the blessings of God because we're focused on the little that we don't have rather than taking in the blessings of God. Tell the person next to you, oh, stop complaining and enjoy the moment. Tell the other person next to you, stop complaining and enjoy the moment. They're not complaining. It's just part of the message. They're not complaining. But I know what some of you are thinking, Pastor Carlos, I'm not a complainer. I am thankful for everything. I am so grateful for my hubby. For my wife, for my children, even for my boss. Here's something that I want you to know that's so imperative. Gratitude should never be silent or invisible. Gratitude should never be silent or invisible. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Give. Say with me, give. Say it like you mean it. Give. Give thanks in all circumstances. Look at what the Bible says in Psalm chapter 9, verse 1. I will what? Give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Every time the Bible spoke about gratitude, being thankful, there was always an action verb that followed along. Give God worship. Give God praise. Celebrate our Lord. Give him an offering. Give him a sacrifice. Give him something. Why? Because gratitude should never be silent or invisible because unexpressed gratitude, write this down as your next point, is viewed as ingratitude. And oftentimes we can tell everyone else who we're grateful for except the person that we're grateful for. Oh, but Pastor Carlos, I'm grateful for my wife. Tell her. Amen. Someone's excited. Oh, I'm grateful for my hubby. Tell him. She's not a cardiologist. She can't see your heart. I can't see your heart. He can't see your heart. People cannot see your heart. And when you don't express gratitude, it is viewed as ingratitude. And then it begins to destroy relationships, and marriages. The wife is working a job to supplement the income at home. Exhausted from work, she comes and prepares a delicious, healthy, gluten-free meal for her husband and her children. 
pours her energy, pours her time, pours all of her effort, prepares the table, and guess what happens? The husband doesn't show his gratitude to her, and the children, even less, oh, they don't appreciate me in this home. They don't value what I do. I pour myself, I pour all of my energy, I pour all of my effort, all of my time to prepare all this, and they do not appreciate it. Conversely, the husband wakes up early in the morning, drives through traffic, makes it to work, goes from one business deal to another business deal, one meeting to another meeting, comes home really late at night, and the little margin that he has in his schedule is devoted to his wife and children, trying to be a good dad, trying to be a good husband, and his wife does not express the gratitude. What does that man begin to think? No one appreciates what I do. No one values the effort, the energy, the time, how I'm trying to be a good dad, how I'm trying to be a good husband. You see how this works? Why? Because unexpressed gratitude is viewed as ingratitude. You see, gratefulness is an amazing feeling to have, but its power is released through expression. Gratefulness is an amazing feeling to have, but its power is released through expression. So maybe you're tracking with me and you're like, Pastor Carlos, I get it. I'm, I'm tracking with you. But how do I express gratitude in a practical way? Well, I'm going to give us two ways. There are other ways, but I'm going to give us two ways. Here's one way. Express gratitude to God in your prayers. Express gratitude to God in your prayers. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Pray, it's talking about prayer now, without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Look at what Philippians 4 verse 6 says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Look at what Psalm 100 says, verse 4. Enter his gates with what? With what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. There is a pattern that God is establishing when we go to him in prayer. There is a protocol that we're reading about in the Bible when we go to him in prayer. Yes, God wants us to give him our petitions, our requests. Our supplications, God heal me, God lead me, God guide me, God direct me, God give me wisdom. But here is the protocol that God wants us to have. Before you ask God for something, thank God for something. Let me say that again. Before you ask God for something, thank God for something. Why? Because when you begin to thank God, God, thank you for your love and your mercy and your compassion, the focus goes from you to God. The focus goes from what's happening inside of you to what God is doing all around you. All around you. You know, going back to the Tua story, Tua, when he gave the game ball to his coach, Coach Flores, 
What happened there? The spotlight went from Tua to coach. Hey, coach, I want you to be the center of this moment. I want to honor you. I want you to have the spotlight. Oh, in a much greater way. The same thing happens when we begin to pray thankful prayers. Jesus, you are the center of this world. It is not Carlos at the center of the world, but rather Jesus Christ, God Almighty, who has given me much. And before I ask you for something, let me begin by thanking you because you deserve it. Practice gratitude in your prayers. Here's the next point that I want you to write down today. Practice it to others through words and deeds. And I've been sort of preaching about this already. Gratefulness is such a great feeling. And it feels so good. But like I mentioned, its power is always released through expression. Don't hold it inside of you. Share it with others. In fact, I want to take a moment and we're going to get really practical. If you're watching us online, you're at one of our campuses. I want you to take out your app. Your phone, just take out your phone. Even if you don't have the Christ Fellowship app, I want you to take out your phone. And here's what I want us to do right now. I want you to think of three people that you need to show gratitude. And I want you to write the names down of those three people. You can do it on your app in the notes section. You can do it on your phone. Think of three people. Now, husbands, don't be peeking at your wife's phone. Wives, don't peek at your husband's phone. Don't nudge them and tell them, you better put my name. Whoever God puts in your heart, write those names down. See, the word of God tells us not only to be a listener of God's word, but it also tells us to be a doer of God's word. So right in this moment, if you're watching us online, write the names down. And I also did this already. I have the three names, promise you. While you write this down, here is what I called... The gratitude challenge. You have chosen three people that you feel, I need to be, I need to show, exemplify my thankfulness to these three people. So here's what I want you to do. Once you've written the names down, we're going to go a little old school. How many of you like old school? Raise your hand. Make some noise. Yeah, I like old school. You know, we're in this digital world. Everything is through text messages and phone calls and uh, uh, DMs on Instagram, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Insta, uh, all that. But here's the challenge. Your next step is to write a handwritten note to this person. Oh, but Pastor Carlos, I'm not a good writer. I'm not eloquent with my words. Listen, listen. You don't have to write Psalms 119 with 176 verses. No. Something short. Oftentimes the most powerful things come in simplistic ways. Amen. So, yeah, that's another message, by the way. Yeah, we'll hold on to that. But you write a note. If you send them, you can mail it to them. You can write it on a sticky pad. You can write it on a napkin. You can put it on the kitchen door, the refrigerator, office, cubicle. Write the note. And here's the last step. Make sure that they receive that note. Because sometimes we get excited, inspired. We write the note, and then we forget to give it to the person. And so the person should not be receiving the note in 2021. You have a week to do this. So make sure that they get it. Are we going to do the gratitude challenge? Come on, make some noise. You're going to do the gratitude challenge at all of our campuses. If you're watching us online, 
here's the last point. Gratitude is so important and it's so powerful. And I want you to write this down because gratitude sustains your joy. Amen. Gratitude sustains your joy. In fact, look at what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Look at what that verse says. Rejoice always. Say it with me. Rejoice. Rejoice. Say it like you mean it. Rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. You see, there is a correlation between gratitude and joy. And what God is saying is the more grateful you are, the more joyful you become. Conversely, the less grateful you are, the less joy you experience. Why? Because gratitude sustains your joy in and every season of your life that you go through in this world. You know, many of you may not know this about me, but I actually play the piano, I play the keyboard. And when I first started coming to Christ Fellowship over 11 years ago, I was a volunteer keyboard player at our West Kendall campus. In fact, can we give it up for our West Kendall campus? But here's the thing about the keyboard that many of you may not know. As an incredible as an instrument it is, the grand piano has 88 keys, 13 different notes. There is this thing that is so important called the sustain pedal. And it's usually found in the bottom parts of the piano. Here's why this is important. Because the sustain pedal holds, sustains the notes from one note to another, from one chord progression to another chord progression. You can have the most beautiful, expensive grand piano, but if you don't have a sustained pedal, it's not going to sound good. It's going to sound very choppy or dry. You can be the best pianist, keyboardist, but if you don't have a sustained pedal, it sounds very dry. In fact, let me give you an example. It just sounds very dry. And it doesn't hold the notes. So you can play D, F, F sharp, G, A, B, C. And it doesn't hold the note. But here's the thing. The moment, and I'm going to press the sustain pedal now. The moment you, sus- you press the sustain pedal, I take my hands off the keyboard and it sustains the notes. And so you start playing chord. These are chords. And it carries over. And it sounds a lot better. And it sounds full and rich and great. Why? Because the pedal is sustaining the notes from one chord to another chord, from pre-chorus to chorus to bridge. Can I tell you something in a much greater way? That's how gratitude operates when it comes to joy. It carries your joy from one season to another. From one season to another. COVID-19 has been challenging. But you know what? I'm not going to wake up complaining. I'm not going to complain about my situation. But rather... I am going to be thankful to God 
because his word says in Psalm 53 that he is the sustainer of all things and he will sustain my life and I'm able to get through it. Oh, I lost my job. I'm unemployed, but I'm not gonna complain about my situation because the Word of God says in Philippians 4:19, He will supply for every single one of my needs. So I am going to be filled with gratitude so that I can experience joy in whatever situation I go through. Maybe you're thinking, Pastor Carlos, you don't get it. It's so difficult for me to find something to be thankful for. My life is a mess. I'm in darkness. So much turmoil in my life. Oh. Well, guess what? You're a child of God, daughter of a king, son of God, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. How many of you believe that today? Give God the praise. Give God the worship. If you're watching in Doral, if you're watching at Redland, if you're watching us online, God, I am going to live a grateful life. You know, you know, gratitude. Not only does it honor God, but it's attractive as well. Nobody wants to be around a complainer. No. When people are grateful, they're people magnets. Everyone wants to be around them. So this week, start thanking everyone, even mean people. Hey, thank you. You're a blessing for my life, in my life. Even that person who is mean on Facebook. Hey, thank you, brother. Why? They probably are going to DM you. Why are you thanking me? I'm so mean. Because you remind me of who I don't want to become. So I want to thank you. Come on, somebody. We're going to be a church that is filled with gratitude in whatever season you find yourself in. Because gratitude fills you with joy. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes at all of our campuses if you're watching us online. If you're watching us online at all of our campuses. God, we thank you, Lord, because you are good and you're gracious and you're merciful, God. In spite of whatever we're going through, Lord, we pray, God, I pray that we may live lives that are filled with thanksgiving, with gratitude to you and to others as well, God. As everyone has their head bowed and their eyes closed in this room, maybe you're joining us for the first time or maybe you've been coming here for many weeks. And maybe you're thinking, Pastor Carlos, I've been a complainer. I have been so ungrateful and I want to experience this joy, but I don't have a relationship with Jesus. How can I experience this joy? My friend, the Bible says every single one of us, myself included, everyone on this stage, we are all sinners in need of saving. Jesus says, the Bible says in Romans 6, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. The Bible says in Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe with your heart, you will be saved. God's hand is never too short to save you from your sins. And my friend, I want to tell you today, this weekend, today, you have an opportunity, if you're watching us online, to make that decision to follow God. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray for you in a moment. And it's not the prayer that saves you, but rather the condition of your heart. But I want to know who I'm praying for. 
So if you're making that decision to follow Christ, as no one is looking in this room online, I want you to raise your hand as high as you can. Put your hand up high so I can pray for you in this moment. No one looking around this room. God bless you. I see you in the back. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. Salvation is coming to you today. Anyone else? God bless you, man, in the front. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. You can put your hand down. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. You can pray the same exact words or you can pray something similar. Father God, I come before you and I recognize that I am a sinner in need of saving. Jesus, I believe that you died. You were buried and you were raised from the grave for my sins. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Make me a new creation. I repent for my sins. Be my best friend. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I want to live a life of gratitude. Thank you, Lord, for having mercy on me. It's in your name that I pray. Amen and amen. Christ Fellowship, if you're excited for those that said that prayer, why don't we give it up to them? If you made that decision to follow Christ, text the word CF Miami all together to the number 313131. Then we're going to be able to send you a Bible and welcome you uh, to God's family. Well, I want to welcome all of our campus pastors on stage. I love you, Christ Fellowship. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless you.